holidays go slipping through the cracks, but these two hot dudes are picking up the slack. There's no holiday too big or small when you need to just call The Chips McDermott and Dip Baron Cohen Holiday Podcast number 93. Coming to you live from the red, red carpet, carpet of the 93rd Academy Paul Awards. Sauce. I don't think that number is correct, but that's fine. What is it? It was 92nd last year, wasn't it? Did you update it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it is the 93rd Academy Awards. And who are you wearing tonight? A black and white t shirt that says Oofta. And uh, some relaxed bottoms and my comfort hat. That's hot. And I'm wearing a Sasquatch uh, hooded sweatshirt and my fresh pair of MeUndies. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but we'd love to have them on the show. Oh, what a special day, Chips. This has got to be one of your favorite days of the year. Who are you excited to see tonight? Me? Yes. Tom Glove, of course, from the Tom Awards. Maybe Betty? And oh, Betty's here. Oh, yeah, there she is. And the neighbors across the way that just moved in. Yeah, I, I heard that we might have some more nude neighbors from across the way, and that's very exciting. Oh, my God. I'm also excited to see Tom Glove and, of course, Bowen Woodman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chips. Uh, today, we are celebrating what? Hollywood's biggest night, the Oscars. <laughs> but first, let's get through those administrative tasks. Administrative tasks. So leave us a review if you have iTunes. You can do it there. Five stars would be preferred. Do we have any new reviews? I didn't see any. Did you look? I didn't check, but I'm assuming no. <laughs> Maybe Tom knows when he comes on the show. <laughs> you can also leave us a voicemail on Anchor.fm. Do we have any new reviews on Anchor? Voicemail box is full. I don't think we have any voicemails, but I did check our statistics. And... Um, the classic burrito day is now up to 32 plays. Burritos. Oh God, we're getting famous. <laughs> <laughs> Could you guess what the most played show is since we've moved to Anchor? Oscars last year? No. Oscars the year before? No. <laughs> what was it? Halloween. Oh, of course. 2020. Everyone's favorite. 55 views for that. Views or listens? Listen, I guess it's not I've views, never been on live television before. <laughs> Although, uh, right now, I'm viewing Tom Glove. He's in the green room. He's on the show today. So, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. You know, Tom can't hear this, but I think i got to turn down this, this main audio. What do you think? Yeah, you probably should. It's getting me really into the mood. <laughs> me too. But I can't really hear anything else. <laughs> well, yeah, Tom's on the show, Chips. And you know what I'm noticing right off the bat? What? He's got a bush. On his face. Oh. You mean a beard? <laughs> or, yeah, beard. Sorry, they called it a beard. And I wanted to ask you, and you wanted to ask me, how's your bush? It's full. So is mine. 
And we have big updates coming about that. I ran into Jolie's boyfriend, John, on the street the other day. I'm not kidding around. He agreed um, to do a paid internship and be our photographer for the calendar. That's great, because I, I do think that we have room on the Chips and Depth podcast. Now that we're up to 32 listens on each podcast or more, that we have space for an unpaid internship. But if you want college credit, you know, we would love to have you to photos, photograph us <laughs> naked and send those calendars out to our <laughs> listeners and postcards. He's a 35-year-old man, I believe, or maybe older, so he, it wouldn't be a college credit thing, I don't think, but we could we could try to steer him in that direction for some incentive. I think he might need to get the college credit to be our <laughs> intern. That's how it works. Oh, Chips. What else? Oh, Tom. Tom's here. Yeah, I mentioned that before. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you wanted me to talk yet. <laughs> yeah, please, oh. please talk. Tom, we have a question for you. Yes. So we know you're famous for your famous Tom Awards, but we also wanted to ask you or congratulate you on your 40th birthday and engagement. I didn't know either of these. Oh, so you didn't know about that? Congratulations. He was engaged. Thank you. I didn't know you were 40. You look much younger. Yeah. I would say you like 32. They, happened on the same, they were the same day. It was a uh, surprise birthday present. His engagement video was incredible. It was a bunch of um, cameos. Oh, really? And then it ended. At the end, it was like Cran and I were on there like saying, thank you, we love you, happy birthday. You were on Cameo? No, well, we were on the video with the Cameos. Oh. And then at the end, Gary talks on the video and he proposes. <laughs> what as, other as what, he's watching what the video. Cameo celebrities were a part of this collection? It was uh, the Goot. Steve Gutenberg was in it. Uh, yeah, that was the big one. The other one was some guy, uh, you probably wouldn't even know it unless you watch Big Brother. Um one of the Boston old guys. Is he the one with the one leg with the crutches? No, no, it was, uh, That's I can't remember his name. Brother Steve or something. I can't even remember. He, um, they picked him because I think he was like $15. So it wasn't even Steve. It was just Boston, old Boston guy, um, big brother. Cool. Well, congratulations. I, I, I had no you, idea. Oh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Schluhuber. Schluhuber. Shout out to Kevin. We'd love to have him on the show. Oh my gosh, we would. Oh. He'll do it, I'm sure. Well, geez, Tom, we're excited to have you here, aren't we? Chips? Thank you. Yep, and we just got through the administrative tasks, so um, I think this is the time that we hear from Mandy Milkbags and Elf Martian, and we'll get our Lodi Blotter update. The Lodi Enterprise Police Blotter here. Just what the police tell me uh, what I should tell everybody on the, on the podcast. Anybody who wants to hear it, we, I'll tell you what you need to hear. A Lodi officer responded to the 100 block of North Main Street for a report of a commercial burglary alarm. The officer arrived on the scene with the Columbia County Sheriff. The building was determined to be secure and the key holder was contacted. False alarm. Wow. Can you imagine that in Lodi? A lot going on there, Jim. Thank you so much, Elf Martian, for that Lodi blotter update. We always love to check in with our... Lodi uh, folks and see how they're doing and can you imagine that story? Unreal. Uh, All right, so let's talk about our top fives. Okay, what do you got? Well, it looks like there's a spoiler alert here and it says we didn't see that many movies, so there's not really a whole lot to spoil. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I am more of a TV guy myself and I'm not a lizard guy. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like in the years past there have been a lot uh, of movies that both of us have enjoyed when we do these Oscar shows. Uh, we do kind of like a cram session for college where we try to fit in like an entire year's of worth of movies into, you know, a month or six weeks. And there were a lot of good ones in the last couple of years that we both enjoyed. 
Midsummer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Uncut Gems, Parasite, The Lighthouse, Knives Out, Us, Eighth Grade, of course, we both loved. That was probably our favorite. Well, also the favorite, which I loved, but you had a bad, the no. favorite experience yes. uh, at Syndicate. I didn't care for that. No, it wasn't Syndicate. It was at Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk, yeah. Anyway, so without further ado, here are our top fives. Five. Uh, mine was First Cow. That's my number one pick, which I know Tom loved as well. I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Charlie Kaufman adaptation. I loved that. And also Jesse Plemons, who is, I believe, your favorite actor. I think he's my favorite actor the last 20 years. Uh, the Father, which I did not want to see because I thought it would be like The Wife. And I absolutely adored that movie. And I think Anthony Hopkins should win Best Actor. Spoiler alert. Save it. Tenet. <laughs> Which a lot of people didn't see, but I would put this in the category of the movies I just listed as like a fun movie to see. Like we didn't have a lot of fun movies this year. A lot of the best uh, dramas were kind of downers. Same with the documentaries. What the honestly. heck is Tenant about? I mean, we don't have to talk. Yeah, I'm just curious. It's, I haven't it's seen too that. complicated to talk about. On oh, it's this too show. complicated. There's okay. <laughs> people going forward in time and back in time. Anyway, it's worth watching. And you just go for the ride. You don't have to think about it. It's too complicated if you think about it. And then I would say Nomadland um, was also one of my favorite films of the year, which is also nominated for Best Picture. Although I feel like it was a little mumblecore where they were just kind of filming it without a real script. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll talk about that with Tom when we get to the Oscar. Yeah, he should, he should know all those facts. So, uh, Dip, what are your top fives? Um, you don't have a worse movie, do you? Oh, uh, shit. I do have a worst movie. I don't remember what it's called, though. Let me come back to it. You you go through your list, and then we'll talk about worst. Okay. Number one movie of the year for me was a super surprise, and it was Soul. I love the heck out of Soul. I thought it was really unique, and to see this this spirit world was just really fun for me, and I really liked the music. Sound of Metal was excellent. Um, another one that really, really surprised me, and I like to be uh, from that perspective, like I've seen it from the perspective of going deaf, I thought it was amazingly done. My Octopus Teacher, because it was, um, it, it was, it was sexual, <sighs> but also informative and the mo- emotional. My Octopus? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was sexual as well. It was very <sighs> sexual. It reminds me of that one show we did three years ago, I think with Tom, or two years ago, when, what was that water movie? With the, you know, oh, Tom the about fish sex oh, aquarium. Shit. What was that uh, called, Tom? Like two years ago, the one best picture. One best shape picture. of water. Shape of water. It reminded me of that, but a documentary, kind of. <laughs> it was a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. And then I'm thinking of any things I also really liked. That wasn't on my list until I saw your list, and I was like, oh, I watched that, and I thought that was a TV show actually. Um, and then I <laughs> looked back at it, and I was like, that was a movie, and it had Jesse Plemons and everything. Jesse Plemons does is great. And then I really like the mall agent. Um, I really like it. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Yeah. Sometimes they give you recommendations, and I feel like Robin is not going to like it. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, yeah, it wasn't that great. Robin liked it. She liked it. She though. liked it. Yeah. And and I, I had No Man Land as, as number number five, and then I No Mad Land, not Man Land. And I, uh, I switched it out at the last second because I feel like a part of that film is, is a bit of a bit of a cop out in, in a way, and I don't think Tom will agree with me on that, but. Um, something about it feels easy. That's why I said it's like mumblecore. Okay, I don't know what that meant, but I liked it. <laughs> All right, so uh, Tom, can yes. you give us your top five or top ten movies yeah. from from the Tom Awards? 
we'll do just five. I'll match you guys. So okay. Nomadland was my number one. Um, I thought that it was the one that like most like hit me. I guess it's also kind of an interesting movie to come out in a year of a pandemic, and I, I thought that it was well done. Um, First Cow, I agree, that was my number two. So um, I agree with you there. Uh, never, rarely, sometimes, always. I don't know if either of you saw that. Um, no, it's the it's on HBO movie. Max. Um, definitely worth seeing. Um, Miss Juneteenth, which I don't know if either of you saw as well. If you have a library card, it's on Canopy, so you can just watch it there for free. I don't even know the Canopy. <laughs> And uh, Minari was my round out my top five. And this is official, right? Like this is from the Tom Awards. These are well, yeah. Actually, I had Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and then I got some. Yeah, because technically it was technically it was 2019, but really nothing came of it there. And so I would give that to you on 2020. And also, like, yeah, that was a gorgeous movie that no one saw until 2020. And so I think we should kind of count it for this year. So would that make your top five, or are you? Keep yes, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, if I'm allowed to count it, I would have been number two. And first cow would have been three. Okay. Yeah. This is interesting. I feel like I'm really missing out because I was so focused on Oscar movies that I didn't I didn't see a lot of these. I think you would really enjoy First Cow. And since I'm paying for Showtime because I wanted to watch Your Honor, you can watch it for free. Okay. Because um, A24 has some sort of special thing with Showtime. And you said right it's just now. about a cow or something. It's about a first cow that arrives in like the Oregon Territory in 1820, and uh, there's a guy that's like a he's called Cookie, so he's like the cook, and uh, he steals some milk from the rich guy to to make biscuits, and he makes a bunch of money because these are all like fur traders at a post, like very remote spot, and uh, they love the biscuits because um, there's nothing like it, you know, in the territory for hundreds of miles you can't have biscuits and then he eventually gets caught <laughs> but it's i think it's like a beautiful story it's very small it's a, I, I would say if i can compare it to a movie that i also recommended to you even though it really doesn't have a whole lot in common but just like the the kind of like a emotion and emotional mood. tone yeah emotional tone. <laughs> i would say it's like um the movie with the um oh what was that one called? Click, click. With the, <laughs> with the girl and the dad. Um, yeah, yeah, in the woods. In the woods. Trace. Leave No Trace. Leave No Trace. Yes. What a great movie. I Doesn't love, it stink that, that you love movie. a movie that much and you can't remember the name of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the name when he said it. But yeah. <laughs> but, but I didn't remember. Anyway, I feel like it's like that. Even though there's... Yeah, go sorry, if you're going to watch First Cow, you should also see all of that director's movies because she's stellar. And like all of her movies have that... A little bit of a small quality, but really kind of bigger themes going on. And what are some of her other things? Uh, she did Meek's Cutoff, Certain Women, Wendy and Lucy, Old Joy. They're all Kelly Reichard. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. Never heard of them even. You can fill out a whole week with her movies, and thematically, they tend to have a through line of outdoors. Uh, yeah. You brought up worst movies. Yeah, sure. What did. was your worst movie of the year? I picked Collective, which I, I don't know what it was, Chips. Every time we turned it on, and this is probably my fault, but every time we turned it on, we fell asleep. And we watched, we, we turned on this movie eight to ten times. We, we tried. 
and I never saw the ending still, so I don't know. Maybe it was a good movie, but the, I could not, not. I think it's gonna win best documentary. Do you? Do you, Tom? I don't know. That documentary is like weirdly one of the tougher ones to predict. Like, there's a couple of categories that just because it's it's a dual nominee. It's it's nominated for best foreign feature as well. Actually, internationally changed. The there's name. some really good ones in there. Yeah, really there's do- documentary seems like almost everything has a case to be made for it to win. Like that's that's it's one of those things where it's like okay, this one this person's been a clear front runner all year or all season, but documentary has been a little all over the place in the narrative of what is going to win. So I feel like that's a, a tough call. <laughs> what about you? Worst movies of twenty twenty? Okay, so the worst movie I saw was Lockdown. It was a Anne Hathaway movie that was on HBO Max. It was terrible. Uh, the trailer made it look like it was this heist movie and it was really about like a, a marriage that was falling apart in lockdown where people were, you know, forced to just be with each other the entire time and didn't, Oof. didn't actually care for each other, but couldn't leave because of the virus. Ugh. So the heist really wasn't the movie. <laughs> Won't be on my list. Won't be on my list. What won't be on your list? Of watching that for twenty. Yeah, please don't watch that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> Tom, what do you got? Worst, worst movie. Why are we going to butt heads so hard on this? The only, well, no, no. I, I, so I liked Collective. I put that in my top documentaries, okay. and I also found My Octopus Teacher to be silly and like of, of all the ones that are nominated to me, that that was the silliest one. And yeah, it was. It was, it was like planet earth but less interesting and then also schmaltzy so i didn't i didn't fall for the him fucking that fish situation i didn't want to <sighs> deal with that but. i fell i fell hard for the emotional story in his family life and i know i watched it because you told me how how oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i also I thought it was silly i wanted to see it um you weren't the only person i mean it has a strong chance of winning best documentary because it's the documentary that everyone loves i'm just heartless and I think that there was like four octopi that he was playing with, and he made a narrative around around that. I don't buy it. You think there were four? Wow. Why four. not eight? <laughs> That's yeah, great. I I don't buy the narrative. I think he made the whole thing. I don't think it's eight though. I don't think it's made up. You know, I kind of think that about the mole agent. We'll get into this when we get into documentary categories, all though. Right, right. We'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> we're on the podcast. Okay. All let's, right. Let's take another break for our sponsor. Okay. Who's the sponsor today? <laughs> Tom, do, do you know who's the sponsor? Wine, beer. Well, oh, wine and beer. Wine and beer. All right, we'll be right back after a spo- our sponsor from Wine and Beer. Ah, are you alone? Are you bored? Do you need to get your lips wet? Do you want to feel flush and red in the face? We've got something that'll keep you company. Try one of our wines or beers. Maybe you want to grip your thick fingers around an ice-cold lager. Or press your lips up against a full-body glass of Cotoron. Come now. To Main Street Liquors in Lodi across from the Quick Trip. For adults 21 and older only, unless you can convince your older brother to buy you a sixer. Thank you so much, Main Street Liquor, for another spot. Thank you for sponsoring the entire show. If Randy Hamilton comes in there, give him a little nice little nip for free. 
So before our break, we forgot to ask Tom what was his least favorite movie of the Tom? It was no surprise because I think it was a lot of people's least favorite, but it's Hillbilly Elegy was was it was the piece of shit that everyone said it was. Boring. Um, so if you're gonna watch it, I mean, it's is it worth watching? It not really, but like it's not. It's one of those like you can make fun of it if you if you want to spend two hours drunk and making fun of something in the background. Sure. <laughs> But it's that not good. pretty long, yeah. two hours. So, Chips, let's get to it. What are we getting to? Uh, the the main movies. Well, it looks like you have character standouts. Oh, do we have any character standouts from any movies that you were like last year? I like that one, Jojo Rabbit Boy. Oh, good for you, Jojo, a girlfriend. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Did you have anything like that this year? Um, Maria Bakatalova. Oh, yes. Um she was so ballsy in her performance. Um, I I feel like uh, she took a lot of risks portraying that character, and um, I hope she wins uh, for that. I go to the toilet and come on, take your panties off, everyone, please. Do you touch your vagin? Come with me. Come with me. Let's run away from our daddies. Let's go and put our hands together and touch our vagins. That's like the standout, like star-making performance of just someone going for broke and yeah she definitely deserves an oscar is she gonna win probably not but we can always root for her i'm just happy she's nominated because comedies don't get their fair shake yeah share shake there's gonna be a horn there (laughs) there is i couldn't sure i couldn't um no well god damn it i couldn't decide if i was gonna say share or shake (laughs) i could tell both (laughs) Sure, I mean, sure. it's also like it's one thing to get like a Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaid nomination in a comedy. It's another thing to get a Borat movie getting, you know, period blood acting. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't even want to say mine anymore. Actually, why not? It's just I, I never I didn't really we watched that say movie. Say what you wanted to say. <laughs> We watched that movie last night when we got home after Courtney's little barbecue party, uh-huh. and we did watch it in two parts. Yeah, so you have a habit that I want you to tell our 30 listeners about watching like a quarter or half a movie and then starting another movie. So you have like three movies going on simultaneously. It's a good method for uh, people in relationships, and I think Tom can attest to this. When you're in a relationship, you might start something with someone, and then you sneak away and you watch something else by yourself. And that's what I was trying to do with The Five Bloods. Did I, you finish Duff Eye? Not yet. I okay. have about 35 minutes in. It's a pretty bad movie. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. You watch the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, I've only watched In one sitting. Minutes. That's oh. how I watch movies. <laughs> Maybe that's why. The first 30 minutes are like three stars so far. Oh, three stars <laughs> is pretty good. You know, there's only a scale of four stars. Oh, I thought there was five. Okay, well, nope. two stars then. Okay. <laughs> What's her name from Minari was good. Yujun Yoon? Is that the, the grandmother or the just mommy. the mom? The grandma. The grandma. Okay. Grandmommy. I liked her. I thought she was funny, her interactions with the kid, but she was nowhere near Borat level. Uh, Maria uh, Abramovic. <laughs> All right, Chips, let's make some wagers. You didn't ask Tom who his best performance was. Oh, I thought he said Maria. Well, he agreed with I me. Agree, I agree with you on Maria. I, okay. Did you have others? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Tony Collette. You just say Tony Collette every year. I get it. Well, Tony Collette did do, yeah. I mean, she's, I'll have to disagree. You guys both love that movie. And I found that movie to be, it kind of like skeeved me out a bit. 
Um, but it did have really great performances and like it was a well-made movie and like a movie designed for discussion, but I'm thinking of ending things was like the movie that made my skin crawl the most this year. Do you think about it? It, it felt like it was a, a movie in praise of incels. Charlie Kaufman is very much about a sad sack type of thing. And this one had a sad sack plus violence and horror going on. And it kind of skewed me out because you're right. right. It's like, <laughs> like being John Malkovich or adaptation, he, he has all these characters who are just a little bit of losers. And this guy is a loser, but also there's an undercurrent of horror. And that makes me scared in a time of incest. I don't know if there's a horror. I guess I get there's the some incel. scary parts of it. I get the incel part. Potential violence towards women. I, I gleaned from it. Is there any violence towards women in the movie, though? There's a, to me, there's an unspoken uh like the women just keep disappearing and there's a little aspect to him like i don't know there's there's a horror aspect to it that that struck me how do you mean horror? i was reading into it but it is based on a thriller book so i don't know yeah, how it is based it. on a book so tom i'm gonna remove that from my top five and i'm gonna replace it with promising young woman <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you two talk about that <laughs> No, I I really like the the high school like the high school scene and the and the ice cream shop scene. I love that from from um uh I don't remember the movie <laughs> name. The thinking of anything. Thinking of ending things. They keep bringing Oklahoma into that movie and Oklahoma has a like an undercurrent of violence and incel man wanting to own a woman and violence erupting from that so good movie it was smart, no it, was smart. it just made me it just skewed me out of it so dip, dip and i have like a um a mutual agreement that if you still think about a movie the day after or the week after month after that it's a good film and i still think about i'm thinking of ending things i think of some of those scenes i mostly think of jesse plemons but yeah that's you taught me that i mean ever since you said that i know i say this every year but certain things i really really think about um like the octopus from my octopus teacher, the singular <laughs> octopus. And um, also, I feel like there is an element about that movie in particular where they're driving in the car and you look like a Jesse Plemons and I look like a Jesse Buckley. So I feel like, you know, the two of like them us, as a part. Yeah, when we pair. picked up Betty and took her back from Rockford, it was a lot like Betty. that. Yeah. It's, like, it's like that, you know, that drive in the snow. What is the wager this year? And is it going to be Dogecoin? Is it going to be Utz chips or uh, farm stock? I would. I would. I think we should do cryptocurrency. Uh, Tom, are you good with that, or how are you feeling? I like Animal Animal Crossing. <laughs> no. Uh, we could. Yeah, I'll do Dogecoin chips if you'd like to. Doggy coin, Dogecoin, however you break the bread. There. Well, are we gonna have to wait till Sunday until we actually? Get the amount. I don't want to do Dogecoin anymore. Yeah, because we'd have to wait till Sunday. Why don't we just do farm stock again? Fifty dollars of farm stock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Tom. So we've been doing bets with uh, farm stock, which is uh, what do they make? Jeans? No. <laughs> I think they make like coffee filters. <laughs> okay. All right. So one farm stock for fifty. Two farm stock for fifty dollars. Um, no, I think it'll be five stocks. They're only ten dollars right now. Okay. Five stocks. So we're going to go through the categories. All right. Okay. Best score. Uh, and the nominees are The Five Bloods, Mank, Minori, <laughs> News of the World, Soul. 
Tom, we need your expertise. Soul. This is like the easiest one to predict. I feel like Soul's gonna get it. Isn't he nominated for another movie? That's like why I, th- I think it's good. I think we were talking about this last night. I think it could be split, Tom. Because Trent and uh, Atticus are on two movies. But, yeah, but, but Soul has the whole jazz thing going with it. So it's like them and also the jazz guy. So I think. John Baptiste. Yeah. From uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. 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 Tom, I got to agree. I pick Soul as the one I want. I pick Soul as the one that wins. But the Minari sound uh, score is really awesome as well. I was listening to News of the World today, but uh, I will also go with the two of you just to hedge. Soul. I have no preference in this category. There's nothing that was like if Beale Street could talk this year. And Actually, that didn't, Mina- even, that didn't even win. Minari's really good, though. It Chips. was Black Panther that year, if you recall. Oh, yes. Yes. I was a little surprised that the Killers, I've Got Soul, but I'm Not Soldier, wasn't in Soul as one of the songs that they played. Oh, by the Killers, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we all agree on that one. Should we write this down? We'll just have to listen back. The intern will listen back. All right, so my favorite part of this entire podcast is where Dip tries to explain the shorts shorts. to Tom because Tom didn't have time to see them. So, we uh, went to the see the shorts, shorts again, the live action, uh, and also the animated shorts. shorts. So, I will name off the short, shorts. and then you have to give a summary to Tom. In the movie theater. We did see it in the movie theater, the first movie back after COVID uh, in the movie theater. It was only 25% of the theater, so 15 people uh, at the theater we went to. So, we were a third of the theater, which is great. Okay, so animated shorts. shorts. Do you want to do animation or live action first dip? I'm really having a hard time thinking about a few of them, so yeah, let's just do in the order you were going to. Okay. That is. Uh, animated shorts. Burrow? What happens in Burrow? Oh, Burrow. Okay, I remember this one. So Burrow is the worst of them. <laughs> and it's almost... I actually did see Burrow because it's on like oh. Disney+. Plus. And I have to say, I can't remember it. So that's probably why. It's like a chipmunk crawling through, digging a bunch of holes. I think it's a rabbit. Going into different worlds and then causes a flood, basically. Yeah, it's like it's, don't you feel bad that some people spend a lot of their life working on that? Yeah, but it's, it's not, it's not. Not bad. Like, did it, did did you feel anything at at the end of it? No, No, I felt annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we saw that one. Okay, that's all right. But explain then, everything else because I haven't seen any other ones. The next one is Genius Loki. Okay, so Chips, uh, this was, I think this was Chips's favorite. No. What? What's this one about? I don't it's know. not the triangle one? No, that's called Opera. Oh, Genius Loki is the French one. And it's basically, a, a, this is a crazy one because it's a woman who has a mental illness, we think. And she kind of turns into like a, a dog. It's almost like she's watching a kid, and then she. Oh yeah, that's fun. And then she turns into a bunch of. It's very abstract. She turns into a bunch of shapes. Animation's really cool, and then she turns into a, a rabid, rabid like dog. Like the start, the start. She's like making dinner and is supposed to watch a baby. Yep. And then, I don't know what happens. And it's clear. It, it's to me. It was clear that she's like mentally losing it. Is it clear to you? I mean, every year there's like a memory loss animated yeah. film. Some kind of anger issue or like bipolar or something. Yeah. She would like end up in a different universe. 
It's yeah, it's interesting because in retrospect, I'm kind of like I don't care about that one anymore. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> if anything happens, I love you. This one, I, I almost shed tears for this one. I I did shed a tear, I think, and I think this one could win. Yeah, this is on Netflix, so you can watch this one for free. So, Tom, this one is about two parents who lose a child to a school. Am I spoiling too much? No, I don't think so. A school shooting. I mean, they're all like nine minutes, so can you spoil them? Yeah. Well, this one you kind of like don't know what the death is caused by. You just see two grieving parents, and she like pulls a shirt out of the laundry basket or laundry machine, and then remembers it, sniffs it, and then the cat like they have a cat, and there's she dies from a school shooting's memories. But it's cool because you get to see. Uh, all these spirits come outside of them. So it's like the truth of them comes out in their spirits through these big black animated characters. That's right? a great description. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I like that one. Opera, which is my favorite. Oh, this is Chips' favorite. You describe this. No, you no, it. no. You describe it. It's a big triangle, Tom. It almost looks like a, an iPhone game. And the, the film is set in almost like a universal space where it's almost like a video game map. And you just see a triangle like this and it starts at the top of the triangle and there's like this almost god at the top and then it slowly fades down and it appears to be almost the cycle of life where you have these quadrants in this triangle mm-hmm. and the quadrants different things happen like you see people fucking you see babies being made you see funerals funerals you see uh, a war at the bottom and what else is interesting about that I'm trying to think there's like Jesus and like the last supper is in the middle it's, it's just like a cycle of life, like death and like living. And it just like, it's, it's just a circle. <laughs> yeah, but it's a triangle. It's a and triangle. It's really, it's really crazy because <laughs> it's really crazy because it, it kind of dumbs down the cycle of life in a really simple way and makes you feel pretty stupid. But it's like also like overwhelming because everything's happening at the same time in all these like food pyramid quadrants. So you can't watch like one specific thing it's all happening at the same time so you have to focus on one area and then look at a different quadrant and yeah and what i found about that that was interesting is we were we all went to the movie theater together and we were doing a lot of tapping we were saying hey did you see that crane was tapping me hey did you see that part a lot of that did you do that did you tap anyone i didn't tap them <laughs> okay did you say there's fucking in it? There is fucking in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Fucking? But it's oh. animated, so it's not real uh, people. It's stick figures, oh, mostly. Tiny. Little characters. It almost looks like an iPhone game. It's like a Where's Waldo. Yeah, yeah, but like little circle characters. Very good one. And then finally, we have Yes People. Yes, Queen. Yes People's actually yes, my favorite queen. one. Yes, and Yes queen. People is Because there's a fart. There's a, just one fart, and we'll put that in. And... um. It's Icelandic one, I think, right? Oh, it's a girl from Icelandic air. And the only word that's ever said ever constantly is yes. It's just people saying yes. Yes, Um, queen. In Icelandic, which is like, I don't remember how you say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember anything else about it, but I loved it. It's good energy, wouldn't you say? I feel like all the people are connected. Like their entire story is like connected to, you know. One person's sleepy during the day because he's up playing video games or something, and I don't know. Oh, and then there's that scene where, like, one of the neighbors is just fucking. having sex, oh. yeah. And then everyone in the whole building hears it. Oh. And then, the, you know, she's like, Yow, yow. 
yow, yow. And then the other woman from the, the from one of the neighbors is just like, yow, yow. You know, it's just like different articulations of the word yow or yes. That's uh, good. I like that one. All right. So what was your favorite? You said yes, people. That's that's what yes, you're going to pick to win. Favorite, but I think the one that will win is the school shooting one. I don't remember the name. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm going to pick opera. I, I think you it think is. it'll win. Yeah, if it was people, really unique. If people actually watch it. I think it'll win. I got to tell you, that's my favorite category. I love these shorts. I think some of the shorts were so better Tom, than most based, of the movies. Based on Dip's uh, descriptions, which one are you taking? I will say, from what I've heard, a lot of times the most unique one wins because. Like if there's like a lot of sad ones or a lot of ones that are funny, it's the one that stands out that doesn't split the vote. So maybe it is that opera one. Like, is it so unique that it gets the plurality? It has no narrative is a problem. My problem with that is that it is just like a Where's Waldo page. Nothing happens besides like everything. Everything happens. So it might as well be a giant poster on the wall of an art gallery. Like, so... Yeah, that's like a Netflix original too. Like I feel like that mm. and it's produced by Barack Obama. Uh, I would enjoy having some uh, Kentucky bourbon uh, with Mitch McConnell. After all the shadows go away and you find out and you chase the girl to school, they open in the school with this giant American flag. It's like so pandering because I feel like it was maybe like uh, drawn by people from not America. Yeah. I think they maybe were all Korean animators. But so it's like, oh, don't forget, this isn't just a school. This is an American school. And as soon as you saw the American flag, you're like, oh, she's going to die. It is funny. It is funny because that's the moment where it, it, it validates your little thought that you're having when you're watching it, where you're like, is, what, how did she die, though? And right when you see the American flag in the school, you're like, it was a school shooting. And the fact that that's what triggered you to... No, like, as soon as she put the backpack on, you know. Yeah, that's true. I guess you're right. <laughs> they do keep it ambiguous as to how she will die, or even if... I thought it might even be a bow situation. I thought it was like, yeah, she just went off to college. Yeah, like... Or something. Empty nest. Empty nest, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so he picked that one. Uh, Chips, why don't you describe the live action? No, this is, this is your job. Live action shorts. Feeling through. Oh, feeling through was was really good actually i really like this one tom it was um this guy who is homeless and i think i think there's a race value here like right because he's he's black and the blind and deaf guy is just blind and deaf but he's he's not necessarily white is he what's his i don't know egyptian he could be Egyptian, but he has, um, uh, you know, he's clearly someone who's, who's struggling. And this is in New York City. We're in New York City. This is in New York City. And he, I don't want to go too long with, with this, but this one's interesting because he, uh, he, they basically form a relationship through touch. And what chips now, the whole way they communicate is they draw letters on the palm of each other's hands. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he would draw like a C on his hand in the shape of a C. So Chip started doing that in the theater to us. Um, I love you and stuff like that. And it, it sort of added to the emotional effect of the movie, but really good. And also um, the director is Doug Rowland, who I went to school with at <gasps> UW-Madison. He was actually in some of my film uh, school films. <laughs> That's crazy. So that's that's pretty cool. Jeez, that my. is cool. Honestly, that was one of my favorites. I'm not even kidding. 
So was okay. it better, better or worse than, uh, what was it Skin? The one with the tattoos? I really like Skin. We just rewatched that. I think it was worse. <laughs> I think it was better. I mean, skin was worse. Yeah. 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 The next one is the letter room. This one. Oh, these were all good. The letter room, uh, I thought was Joaquin Phoenix for most of the movie, but it's actually Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. And uh, I get them mixed up sometimes, but this is about a prison man who is, uh, was that prison warden? Or, uh, no, he's just a guard. Just a guard. And he got promoted to a new job. Congratulations. Which is basically like the director of communications, kind of, sort of, where he opened people's mail that was intended for prisoners, and some of them were on death row. And the mail that he had opened, he sort of formed this almost like intimate relationship with the way this one woman was writing. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe again. Maybe, Maybe. was the person from First Cow. Um, <laughs> and she... <laughs> uh, Basically, he he ends up kind of like meeting her and telling her, your husband, uh, I don't remember why he met with her. <laughs> because she wasn't right. Uh, he wasn't reading the letters. Reading I don't the letters, know. And she said she was going to kill herself. Oh, one of the letters. She <laughs> says, if you die, I'm going to die or something. Commit yeah. suicide. Whatever. It was good. I really liked it. But now that I'm explaining it, I didn't like it as much. I think you just liked it because Oscar Isaac was in it and you recognized him and maybe, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't that good. Yeah, it has the big names. So it might win because it has the big names. Uh, the next one is The Present. This is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We had an Israeli movie and we had a Palestinian movie. This one was based on a Palestinian person coming into Israel who lived right on the border. And... He's going in with his daughter to get his wife an anniversary present of a refrigerator. And they don't, they give him a hard time, basically, of getting the refrigerator back to Palestine. That's the whole movie. It's pretty good, but it, it's not good enough. It's not going to win for you? No. Okay. Did you like it? Two Distant Strangers, which I think will win. Why don't you explain this one? It's, uh, it's like a... Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Uh, now that that is like a movie genre, basically of Joey Badass, who is a rapper. He was also in um, Mr. Robot. He is reliving the same day over and over again where a cop kills him. So no matter what he does, the cop kills him. Uh, and uh, I feel like that is just going to win. And you can also watch this one on Netflix for free. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the winner, Tom, big time. You got to watch that one too because it's – uh, it's like he can comply, he can put up a fight, it doesn't matter. No matter what he does, he's gonna get killed by the cop. And it, it it's, it's, uh, I cried at that one because the, the first death that you see of him, you think that's kind of the whole thing almost. And then it keeps happening. Like he wakes up on this incredible date, uh, the first date, sec for he's one just, night stand. He's just trying to get home to his dog. Yep. Got a new poodle named Betty. Uh, and then the last one is White Eyes. White, that eyes. White that, eye. That's the one about the bike. Oh, that's the one about the bike. That's and oh, what it's called? that one's in Israel, White and eye? it's about a guy who finds his stolen bike. Yeah, this one was bad. It was not good. It was kind of shot fun. There's two Israeli and one Palestinian. One one Israeli, one Palestinian. Yeah, one I think you said the letter room was. No, 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 no. That's American. The California. <laughs> so based on those descriptions, Tom, which one do you think? Do you want to win? And which one do you think will win? Well, I'm going to, I, so my, you guys mentioning that it's on Netflix makes me feel like I'm now remembering that 
they changed the rules. It used to be that you had to like go to certain like screening things to see stuff to vote, like certain categories, like foreign film and the shorts. You had to like be an old person who went to a screener, like who went to an actual screening and saw them all. And they stopped doing that. So now anybody can just vote and they're just supposed to say, yes, I saw them all, which means anything on Netflix will probably win because it's the easiest thing to see. Uh, it's kind of sad. Is that cheating? It's not even like based on description. It's just based on ubiquity of Netflix. No, it's a, it's a smart man's choice. And I think you're right. I think he's right, Chips. Well, I think Netflix <laughs> also did a good job of buying the best of the categories so that yeah. they could show them on Netflix. It's powerful. What's our next category, Jibs? We are on to the screenplay. So we have adapted and original, and I want Tom to go first with his picks. For adapted and original screenplay? So I'm, I don't know if this is like out on the limb, but I feel like this is where they're going to give the father an Oscar is for adapted oh. screenplay. That's my guess and then i think where they're going to give promising young woman like it's kind of guaranteed win would be original screen those are my two i, th- I feel like screenplays are a little tough right now because there's like two front runners in every category and you can't pick between two people two of them but um i'm going with the father and promising young woman tom could you explain quickly like what is the adapted versus original in terms of how it's judged by the uh, by the academy i guess how do they get Put into which category like how do you think they 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 do their marks against uh this you know because i without having any knowledge of any of this i picked the father as my want and my winner for adapted and for original i picked sound of metal as my want just because i loved it but i don't think i didn't have any understanding of why and then i picked minari as the oscar uh winner but like in terms of how they would if you're on the academy how do you mark this I mean, so, I mean, part of my thinking, especially when you get to the, the top tier ones, like screenplay and acting and move in film and director is there is usually some attempt to try to spread the love a little bit when there's a lot of front runner or like a lot of movies that have a lot of love. And so sometimes you go through and you say like, where we all like this movie, we're not going to give it best picture. We know that we're not going to give it this thing. Where can we give it something? And you start to say like, okay, like where is the father's best chance of winning something since it has some love? It might be adapted screenplay versus like Nomadland. You'd be like, oh, it's supposed to be a best picture front runner, but if it's going to win best picture, best director, it doesn't also need screenplay. So you mm-hmm. might switch out, even if Nomadland is your favorite movie, give father screenplay. Yeah, Chips, what do you think? I bet you a Dogecoin on this one. One full Dogecoin, so <laughs> like thirty cents. You're damn right. Okay, yeah, I'll take that bet. What is what was your pick? The Father. Okay, so I have to probably pick a different movie then. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a draw. So I will take One Night in Miami, which I have not seen. <laughs> what about for original? Um, for original, I will take Minori. I feel like there's a lot of love. <laughs> you save yourself some honks. It's Minari. Minari. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of love for Lee Isaac Chung who wrote this film because he was about to quit and retire from the movie industry. He had accepted a job as a professor for um, the University of Utah's foreign exchange program and I think Korea. 
And uh, he wrote this movie like in his spare time and ended up going on to be nominated for an Oscar. And I think people like that story, so they're going to give it to him. I don't think it's that original of a story, though, uh, because as a former film student myself, it reminds me a lot of Ozu and the Tokyo Story. Say what the heck is that? It was a film <laughs> I had to watch in college. Oh. And I don't. I doubt either of you have seen it, but if you have, there's a there's a lot of similarities, and he's even spoken about it, like influences. So, so you think this this guy plagiarized the whole film? He didn't plagiarize, because <laughs> like that's a very old black and white, yeah. you know, Japanese film. And this is takes place, I think, in the '80s, so it's modernized a bit. But there's like the the grandmother and the children. It's there's some similarities. I really like Minari a lot. And I will say, if you, Chips, you might want to see One Night in Miami. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's it's worth seeing. It's not it's not a top ten movie, but it's worth seeing. So I'll watch it before the actual show, but um, I have not seen it yet. Hey, you want to get together for the Oscars? Do I have to wear a mask? <laughs> Not if you're vaxxed. And you got I'm the vaxxed. J. He's got, got the, the J and J. Number one, 100 proof, J and J. Boomer got the vax. Boomers got the vax? Well, Boomer's got the vaccine, but I don't know who Boomer is. <laughs> I don't know either. All right, let's move on to documentary. Here's a fun Ooh, category. Chips. I know Dip's going to take collective. <laughs> Do we know all the documentaries? Um, I mean, I could read them off, uh, like uh, Elf Martian. Should I read them off? Um, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. I would say Time was a waste of time. Did you watch it? I did. Yuck, yuck. I'm glad we didn't. (laughs) So what's your pick, Chips? Uh, my favorite of the group is the mole agent, but I believe Oscar will go to collective. Tom, what do you think? So, again, if we're talking about both my activist teacher and Crip Camp are on Netflix, and there's a part of me that kind of thinks Crip Camp does this combination of being like positive and hippy dippy, but also having a message and being like socially relevant that may have it win. I disagree. I don't feel like it had a message. It was yeah. just a bunch of footage that they had and well, yeah, you know, a few like, interviews. Yeah. There wasn't like a through line story. It's not a, a good, good documentary. documentary. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a little over the place in that it's like, we're going to talk about this camp, but only for like 30 minutes. And then we're going to talk about the whole history of the fight for uh, disabled rights, which I thought was, I actually thought that was more interesting to kind of go that way anyway, because I hadn't, I felt a little un, uh, uninformed about that topic to begin with. So it was a lot of new information for me. Um, and also, that's that one's produced by the Obama, so that has some clout behind it. So. Have yeah, you but, seen Boy State? Yes. Do you think that should have been nominated or not? I I thought Boy State was very interesting, kind of like another one that's a little unnerving at times too. Um, it's one of those that like it, it's not tough to make a good documentary about that because the subject matter is just. But to find the characters that they found that they're able to shadow, I feel like that was like pretty lucky of them. Oh, and you got I mean you got to believe they picked like. 50 kids to shadow and they just picked like the three that were the most interesting, but, uh, and just happened to like be good about that. But, um, yeah, I think boy state should have been nominated, um, over my octopus teacher. I agree. Oh, watch it guys. 
Low blows. All right, Dip. I know you're a big fan of the octopus teacher. Sell us on it. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me tell you here. I think, um, I so I actually think so. I I disagree, Tom, with Crip Camp. I know what you're saying about Netflix, but I like the hippy dippy part. I like the old footage. I did not feel any type of connection or message, and I felt like there was an opportunity for a connection and a message, and that made me kind of uh, angry. Obviously, Collective was a complete uh, snooze fest, and how many times did we set our alarm to wake up and rewatch it? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> to where hearing Romanian is just like yeah. going to put you to sleep. Yeah, I mean the the. And if you can't look at the screen, then you can't figure out what's going on so you might as well just close your eyes first first five minutes were incredible when the actual like the footage of that was amazing and then you fall asleep my octopus teacher i think um had a powerful emotive through line a whole way fucking an octopus absolutely it's a man who lost his family to the sea and (laughs) he he felt (laughs) what is this the lighthouse (laughs) He, he felt. Had no, he had no drama except for that he had like no. I was very um, curious how he filmed that, like, because he said he's not a scuba diver. How does he film that? Do you just have like a massive amount of breath? That Are was there multiple people down there filming with him. That part felt like we were duped. I agree. That that was a lie, with Tom, wasn't it? There's, there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes in his story. Okay, name another hole. What? Name another hole. Fact that octopus don't exist. It's not even. They're not even real animals. Wrong hole. What are you talking about? They're, it's all made up for this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, but honestly, the mole agent. I think I'm. I'm switching. Thank you. I think the mole agent should win. I mean, you watch. Anthony Hopkins. By the way, I don't think it's Anthony Hopkins. I think his real name is Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, I didn't know that until this film but the mole agent had that same dementia moment that was so powerful that we talked about the woman who's like kind calling of, her parents every day not that woman the other woman who's really sweet and sitting in the chair and he kind of builds this relationship with her um tom did you see the mole agent it's on hulu i actually think the mole agent should all the documentaries win. are actually available to stream for free if you have the services. Yeah, I asked Gary if he wanted to watch it last night, and I said, it's a documentary in Spanish, and he said, can we watch Ugly Betty instead? So that's what we did. <laughs> well, I'd like to say Betty is not ugly. Pretty Betty, yes. She's beautiful. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful dog. Beautiful dog you got there. Oh. Okay, so the people on the Academy are Oscar So White. You used to always say that. Are they, um, would you say they like or dislike subtitles? It's well, good. They're much more international now. Like every year they invite more and more. So it's every time Ernest Borgnine dies, they invite somebody who kind of who diversifies the Academy. So also like, don't you have to be in the specific guild to vote on that category? Only for nominees. I thought it was like only directors vote for directors and only documentarians vote on that. That's the nomination process. So if you are only directors pick the director the directing nominations, but then everybody votes on the winner. Okay. Okay. So then I, uh, I bet a I do- failed. <laughs> I bet a doge on the mole agent. The mole agent's going to win. Okay. <laughs> Can I have the field or do I have to pick one? I'll take collective your, your snooze fest. I think that's going to win for a doge. Yeah. 
30 cents on the line. Okay. Best Supporting Actress. And the nominees are... Maria Bakatilova Brought subsequent movie film Glenn Close Hillbilly Elegy Olivia Coleman The Father Amanda Seafield Mank <laughs> Yu Jung Yoon Minori <laughs> <laughs> Tom? Uh, my prediction would be uh, Yu Jun Yoon. She's been kind of grabbing all the awards on the way there. So I feel like I feel like this was a category that for nominations was the most unpredictable. Like there was like 10 people in the running for a nomination. But now that we've got these five, Yu Jun Yoon is probably going to win it. What do you think, Chips? I'm going to go with Maria Bakalova. Oscar loves a young ingenue. And who's young and an ingenue? No other than Maria Bakalova. Ingenue sounds like Yu Jung Yoon. Oh! <laughs> I want. I feel like if they would ingenue, they would ingenue with Amanda Seafried. Mank's not getting anything. Oh, no, I don't think it is either, but. Um... More like Wank. <laughs> <laughs> Telling me. Tom? I want Maria to win, and I think I'm with you. I think you, Yung Jung Yoon is going to win. I wouldn't be angry at most of the people winning, except for Glenn Close. Like every, I I do think they were all strong performances. So this is one of the stronger categories of performances. Don't you think, Tom? Though that Glenn closed the door when she chose to be in Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> it was a close call. <laughs> I think the door is still open. <laughs> And as Tom mentioned, she might win for um, what movie? <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. She still has, she's, she's, not, she's not dying anytime soon. She can still win an Oscar. Okay, next category. Best Supporting Actor. And our nominees are Sasha Barra Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Ugh. Daniel Kalua, Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. One Night in Miami. Is the movie called Junior One Night in Miami? Paul Racky? Racy? Racy? Paul Paul Ricci. Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. So in my opinion... Daniel Kaluuya should not be in this category. He should be in the lead role because he played Fred yeah. Hampton oh, yeah. in the movie about yeah. Fred That's Hampton. That's weird. Or Lakeith Stanfield should be in the lead actor category because he played Judas in the movie about Judas and the Black Messiah. How are they both in supporting role? There's a little funny business going on there. But I feel like one of those two will win. <laughs> Tom, does, why would that be? Why are they both in that category? You're the expert. It, well, so in general, you're, most people pick a category to campaign in, and they pick to campaign in where they think they'll get nominated. So going back to our favorite, Maria Bakalova, when in the Golden Globe, she 
put herself forward as comedy actress because there's 10 spots between comedy and drama actresses but only five spots for supporting so she has a better chance of getting in there and then in all the other attempts she goes to supporting because you're much more likely to get nominated in supporting for a comedy when there's not the distinction so Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield both put themselves in supporting because it's kind of a co-lead thing but they both know that they have a better chance in supporting because uh best actor was a a denser category to get into um and a lot of times the academy just puts you where you and chadwick boseman's just gonna win no matter what right yeah, i mean if you look at the, the best actor is pretty stacked so supporting actor is a little bit less stacked so you don't think paul racy's got a shot no i would have said yes at the beginning He's the old man, he's the deaf guy. Sound metal. He's, he's sound of metal. He's the old hippie man who, he's the deaf guy that yeah, runs the the school. Not that good. He is actually the most cringy part. Of actually, you might be right. He was just sort of like, well, you know what? But you don't like it. I think Lakeith Stanfield is better, but I, that would be my pick. But I think it's gonna be Daniel Kaluuya. I think I think Lakeith Stanfield will win. You think so? I think I think so. I don't think I, he was nominated for the Golden Globes. Not that that award show matters, but I I agree he was better. But I feel like Daniel already won, so they're just gonna give him the Oscar. Okay, then he'll win. But you know what? It's always British. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's I like get, I can't get behind this. We gotta have a good moment about that British conversation. Let's finish up though. <laughs> I need Tom's opinion. He's the. No, I think I mean, Daniel. Yeah. That if there is one guaranteed win, I would say it's Daniel Kaluuya for supporting actor because because just All because it. he's he's literally won every single thing leading up to yeah. this, and that's it's the most. What's your opinion though? Do you think that Lakeith Stanfield is better? Um, I think they were both great in that movie. Like, and I think Lakeith. I think I find Lakeith Stanfield to be a really fascinating actor, like in everything he does. I love him in Atlanta. He's so good. Oh yeah, Atlanta, like I remember watching him in Atlanta and being like, "This guy's the best thing in Atlanta," and being like, "Am I the only person noticing this?" And then finally hearing other people talk about him. Um, he's, and if you saw "Sorry to Bother You," yep, Matt, of course. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, I think, and I also based on that type of history, I feel like he does have Oscar in his future. So it might not be for this one when everyone so clearly wants Daniel Kaluuya to win. Uh, okay, I changed my vote to that one. So we all agree? Yeah. Because he's actually the lead. And also, he's doing American accent the whole time. So he's going to win. It's double acting. He's also playing a 21-year-old. Do you believe that? <laughs> and he's like chubby. <laughs> Chubbier than he used to be, too, right? He definitely has gained. <laughs> yeah, he's gained yeah, since that uh, look like him at all. That one million merits episode of uh, Black Mirror. He's good, though. Okay. All right. Let's go on to actress. Viola Davis is for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day, The United States vs. Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Dip, I'll let you go first this time. Okay, actress who I want is Carrie Mulligan. I thought she was incredible. Actress who the Oscar will pick is Frances McDormand. Tom, this is the this is probably the hardest category of the major ones, I would say, because I was just talking about this. I didn't say it for the pod. I talked about it with Eric before. Um, it's it's one where every single one like 
there's it's kind of all over the place but i do think i'll agree with uh i'll agree with tam that i think carrie mulligan's gonna win or uh, should win and i also think she will win. i agree i think she should win and she will win i don't think that francis mcdormand's gonna win again because no man land there's no script there. They're just filming random shit, and uh, that's why she should win by asking because she's no. got that impromptu Im- improvised. No, okay. just this mumblecore. Whereas Carrie Mulligan's playing <laughs> a character. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan. She's playing an actual part. She's also playing an American. Stand back and stand by. <laughs> Get closer to the microphone. Um, <laughs> an American. He brings it close. She's playing an American. Stand back and stand by. Um, I think she'll win. I hope she does. I disagree with Chips on. I think Frances McDormand would be deserving in another year. I think she gave a great performance, but she had just won an Oscar though. They're not gonna give we her. We do not need one. to get. She she's great. She has two. We're fine with that. For yeah, now. She she's two. great in Fargo. I don't think she was necessarily fantastic in Nomadland. She's good. But I guess they're changing my mind again. I will say Andra Day, I, that's a pretty shitty movie, but she did a great job in that. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I wouldn't. You don't need to watch it because it's long and not. It's a it's a messy, messy movie. The only reason to watch that would be to see her performance, which is really good. So I yeah, I gotta say, like I only saw two of the five movies there, and do, does that have an? Well, the never mind. The Academy watches them all, right? No, they don't. They <laughs> say they do, but they don't. Ooh, so they've probably only seen No Man Land and P- Promising Young Probably, Man. yeah. I feel like that probably is. And Ma Rainey. They're going to see Ma Rainey for Chadwick Boseman. But yeah, most of them probably didn't watch Pieces of a Woman. Billy Holiday or Pieces of a Woman. Like, I watched that so you didn't have to. It's not that good either. Oof. It's one of those movies where giving birth is part of the acting is a 30 minute birth scene no thanks yeah i mean we see jennifer aniston helen hunt everyone does it in a sitcom now she did it in a drama and we're supposed to like, <laughs> one more push one more push <laughs> one final push no no don't push hey stop with the pushing all i hope you insert a few birth scenes from <laughs> oh, the yeah. sitcoms here you have a girl unless i cut the wrong cord <laughs> do they cut the umbilical as part of it it's a boy and what a boy uh, that's the umbilical cord. It's a girl. Is one of the babies. Ooh, pieces. Is Ross? Ross? One of a whore, bitch! One, two, three! Can we take another break? Sure, you gotta go to the bathroom. Get some champagne. Oh, sure, then, sure. Then we okay. got our top three categories. Cinematography, director, and best picture. Ooh, okay. Stand back and stand by... Stand by. All right, our next category is cinematography. And I don't have the cinematographer's names on this ballot that I'm looking at, which is kind of disrespectful. But the movies nominated are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago 7, Cran's favorite movie. So, uh, Tom, we'll go to you first. Who do you think uh, should win for cinematography, and who would be your personal pick? Uh, both are Nomadland. So I think it's the prettiest. I mean, it is like it's a cliche to pick the pretty sweeping vistas, but that's what that is, and it's it's done well. Yeah. I agree with you. I feel like 
that would be my pick and it's also cliche because um, people like to look at sweeping vistas of the American western frontier and uh, I didn't see news of the world which might also have those uh, but Nomadland you know it has like the rock formations in Utah and the deserts in Arizona and Waldrog it's, uh, it's a beautiful shot movie I don't think the story is great, but I think that it's 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 fun to watch and uh, pleasing. Francis McDormand taking a shit, things like that. that are... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there weren't any hardly words in it, so that's why the cinematography is speaking for itself. Yeah, kinda. halfway. Yeah. That's half the movie. I actually think Judas and the Black Messiah was amazing. Like some of the opening, I remember like the opening scene with the like taxi driver type music remember like it's got the neon signs i'm just remembering like the high contrast feel i like judas and the black messiah but i think nomadland will win as well i do i think that's crazy we're saying it's gonna win a lot of stuff let's just move on to director then again i don't have the actual director's names this this abc.com ballot is pretty shitty that i can't even get the director's names but i have the films another round mank Minari, Nomadland, and Promising Young Woman. Dip, I'll go to you first. I think Chloe, whatever her name is, will win for Nomadland. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly, I kind of like the direction. If you're talking about directors, I liked Minari a lot. I liked how it was done. And I think I want Minari to win, but Nomadland will win. I almost 100% guarantee it. I bet a doge. Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. Tom? I agree. I think I picture is a little bit up in the air, but I think that best director is kind of a get a lock for Chloe. You know, I also agree. I don't really have any strong feelings towards any of the films. I don't I don't watch the news. I don't particularly know what a director does or like how that makes the movie different. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with um you guys. Um yeah, I know that, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have a, if you have a strong director of photography or cinematographer, I feel like that makes a huge difference. Like the directors direct the actors. Like you're totally right. I feel like if you're a better, it's just you know you you're an artist, you're a graphic designer, or art director. Don't you yeah. feel like you have a bigger say on what what you do versus what the actual person that approves what you do? Here's a good analogy. What you do, your eye for what you want something to look at versus the person that approves it. It's not about the eye, though, because that is a cinematography for me. uh, Being a director, if I was directing your your draft video, it's get a shot of Mandy running into a tree, you know, or something. It's make sure you get that shot. Get get Jeff in here and make him him do that. Well, it's all all (laughs) part of... It's all a thing. So it, I worked. Story, you get the story, and then you need to find out how to turn those words on the paper into scenes. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know. That's what directors do. Remember that I don't first. Know what producers do. Remember that first coffee shop I worked at? Mm-hmm. There was a director of coffee. What does that mean? You're... The director of coffee chooses the beans, chooses the employees, chooses the look, like all this stuff. And do they do so they set the grind. They don't set the grind. You rely on the barista or ah, the actors, actors. 
right? Well, Those are your actors. Larry, you gotta try this coffee. It's the best fucking coffee I've ever had in my fucking life. Huh? Get a fucking cup. Really? Watch what the fuck happens to your goddamn mouth right now. Leon! Holy shit, Leon, this is good! Fucking right it is. This is better than Mocha Joe's. Mocha Joe can't fuck with this right here. We gotta get these beans. You gotta get them fucking beans, Larry. Leon? <laughs> I think you did something. Hey, of course I fucking did. I'm gonna go find out about the beans. Yeah, you better. Your beans? What are those? Your equipment. Your cameras. <laughs> the aesthetic. Those are your That producers. could be the script. The too. ambience. Yes, it could. Could be the script. But the director is just the facilitator. These are the beans we're gonna pick. Do your research on the beans. Do your research on Francis McDormand. Who's France? Is she a bean or is she a barista? She's a barista and a bean because she's got it all. But uh, Francis is also a producer, so she's like the money behind the beans. Ooh. <laughs> so she bought the beans and she is the beans. She bought the coffee she, shop. She's the bank that gave the money for the coffee shop. Yeah, she's it. paying the rent on the coffee shop. Go on with yes. this director of coffee, though. Well, that's pretty much it, Chips. I mean, it's it's it, you have these different roles that make the coffee shop. And if you have the beans and you have the um, uh, espresso machine and you have the baristas, mm -hmm. you have the ambiance of the coffee shop. So who do you think is the most important in this whole role? Because I, I would say the barista. Yeah, the the barista probably because you formed the relationships. And you, you have to know the director how to of work. Right, so. The barista knows how to use the machine. They can get the best out of the bean that's given to them. But the director set the consistency for those baristas. Now, the barista will bring their own energy. They'll have their Brad Pitts, their Francis McDormand's. Yes, but the talent of the barista can make the bean sing. You said it best. <laughs> I feel like the barista is the most important, just like I feel like the cinematographer is more important than the director. The yeah. It's just the actor, though, so they seem like they're the most important, but they're not. Yeah, the cinematographer in this situation is, is the coffee machine? Oh, uh, no, it's actually the person who designs the coffee shop, so sets the plants up. Um, <laughs> no. Yes, the lighting. That's the cinematographer. You don't, you, don't, you don't respect cinematographers. Are you kidding me? I respect. You think the person that sets up the coffee shop is the cinematographer? Who sets up the ambiance? Yes, the music, the lighting, the. Yeah, there's Yeah, that's not the cinematographer. It is production design. You're right. <laughs> Tom, who's the who's the cinematographer in a coffee shop? That's the customer. <gasps> wow. Customer is always right, and Tom's our customer tonight. Customer so we'll right. give that to him. <laughs> Uh, all right, next category, best actor in a lead role. Red Spaghetti actor Paul Sauce. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, Mi Padre. Gary Oldman, <laughs> Mank. And Stephen Yen. Minari and The Walking Dead <laughs> previously on The Walking Dead Glenn <laughs> alright Dip who would, who would uh, win this award if you gave it out and who's going to win the award when the Oscars give it out I think Tom will agree with me that this is a completely stacked category there's a lot of really, really good performances And here, you I have think. to remember that Daniel Kaluuya is, is not in it. And he won. 
at the Golden Globes. That is shocking. I I think um, for me as a viewer, being captivated, the two people who hit me strongest were Riz Ahmed and uh, and Anthony Hopkins. I agree with you. Those I was were com- my two favorite performances as well. Completely blown away by both of them. I think they both deserve it. But I think we all are going to say the same thing. It's going to be uh, Chadwick right. Boseman, right? I mean, it's it seems that way. If I had to pick and I was really being honest with myself of who did the best performance, it's Anthony Hopkins. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, I I agree 100% with everything you said. Like, I, I feel like Riz Ahmed and Anthony Hopkins did the best performances, mm-hmm. but uh, Chadwick Boseman will win. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Tom? Uh, Riz Ahmed was my favorite of the year. I definitely agree Anthony Hopkins is... Anthony Hopkins is... Anthony. Um, although I will say, I, I do think Chadwick Boseman gave a deserving performance. Like, it's not like he... It's going to be a posthumous Oscar, and people are going to say, "Oh, did he really deserve it?" I think he does deserve it for this. Like, I don't think he was a lead actor, though. Oh, there's yeah, there's. I just watched the movie before we recorded, and I don't think he qualifies for being in a lead actor category. I didn't see that one. I th- I would put him in supporting. Don't you think Dan- Daniel Kaluuya would be more of a lead actor than than yeah, Chadwick I mean, Boseman's part? I would say Viola Davis might be supporting actress because she's only in like a third of that movie. How are they both lead? But I, but otherwise, you're saying that there's no lead in that. I thought Viola Davis is. I mean, she's the title character. She's Ma Rainey. Yeah, but Ma Rainey like doesn't even come in for like they even like like they wrote her. She's not even like a. She doesn't normally. She's only in like a very like if you actually see her screen time, it's like a third of the movie. Yeah. I do like her part though, because she will not perform until she gets a Coca Cola. <laughs> I can relate. Except it's a red wine, but yeah, <laughs> same color. <laughs> you ever put the uh, Coca Cola in the red wine? Lime in the and now it's time for the biggest award of the night. Oh boy, the best picture. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, A Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. Tom, go first. Who do you want to win and who should win? Slash who will win you guys singing right now just made me realize that there were no songs this year like shallow that got you guys singing yeah there's nothing like filter all right tom what do you got i mean you guys know i already said it at the top of the show my favorite movie of the year was nomadland <laughs> and i feel happy like it's it's rare it's not always that your favorite movie of the year ends up being like a front runner so one of those rare years that it matches awesome. up but i will i will say i'd be happy with quite a few like i wouldn't be sad if minari won or Sound of Metal or Judas or The Father. Like, they're all great movies. As long as Trial of Chicago 7 or Mank doesn't win, we're all in good spots. I don't like any of the movies that much. Um, like, I I have no desire to watch any of these movies again. Um, I think Nomadland's going to win. And I'd be okay with if, if it won. I thought it was fine. But I also... 
I mentioned that I feel like it's very mumblecore and that they just shot a bunch of stuff without a real script to it and then just edited it into a film, which is fine, but I don't feel like that had the same artistic quality as like someone writing a script and then taking that script and shooting it scene by scene. So I will interject here for you to tell you that it was, so it was based off of a nonfiction book and the director and Francis McDormand worked together to basically create a fictional character in that world. Yeah, I know like some of the people are real, real people that have that lifestyle that are that they act as themselves in the in the film and the whole adaptation was basically they they did create a narrative a fictionalized narrative within that world but they did also like capitalize on like apparently that one of the scenes where they were all going to run to meet um that one camp like that's in the middle of the movie they heard that it was happening and like they basically prescribed the film crew and like went and filmed it for a day yeah that they were like so there is definitely like a a run and shoot aspect there's some improv into that movie but it's also it did have a script but yeah but it's it's not as tight as some of the other the films nominated i think it's gonna win but i i don't necessarily feel like it should win and it isn't just dialogue a script is what happens in a movie and i would say like my second choice that i feel like would win would be minari but again i feel like it's it's like a remake. It's not a remake, but it's it's heavily influenced by Tokyo Story, this Ozu classic film, um, which is fine, but it's not original. And like none of these movies are something that I feel like is that spectacular. They're all good. I don't think there's any movie in this group that's like bad, but I don't personally think it's like eighth grade or, oh, yeah. or midsummer or the favorite or even like the lighthouse or you know the movies that we mentioned earlier in the show so uh, i'm gonna take nomadland to win uh just because i feel like it has the most momentum and most people enjoy it it's Dip. a good it's a good pick and i i think if i were going to pick two that i think could win it would be between Minari and Nomadland without without having any uh, awareness to what happened on previous award shows or anything I think those are the two that make the most sense but what I would like to win wind win is Sound of Metal you really love that movie or The Father and you know what's interesting I have a tier system Sound of Metal is a tier one movie for me Minari The Father Nomadland Promising Young Woman are all tier two movies Tier three, Judas and the Black Messiah, the Chicago Seven, and Mank. But Mank, Mank and Chicago Seven are specifically at the most bottom. And, but I, I really feel like The Father and Sound of Metal did something unique that you haven't seen in movies in a while. And Nomadland did a little bit, but those two movies put you in the world truly, truly the perspective of dementia, truly the perspective of losing your hearing, and they're both really special but then like I really like Stephen Yeun in that and I really like that I really like that movie but Nomadland will win I think Sound of Metal should win okay so that's that thank you so much for tuning into the show 
We have a lot more, by the way. <laughs> uh, you can stop listening here, or if you want to listen to the after show, we're going to put Tom Glove in the Budweiser hot seat and give him a 12-pack of questions. All right, next topic. <laughs> what were your most unique and interesting 2021 movie-going experiences? <laughs> For me, I didn't have any because I didn't go to the movies. In but the you did. Year. You went with us. Uh-huh. And but- Chips, there was a hot guy talking to his girlfriend at Syndicated, remember? I don't know if he was a hot guy. He was wearing a wife beater and he was 6'9". He was not 6'9". Oh, he was 6'9". And Courtney did a stand and yell. Do you remember? What's a stand and yell? She, Tom, we went to the um, short, the live shorts and the animated films. And there was a guy uh, in a real way, like very obnoxiously talking. And Courtney just kept doing like sort of passive aggressive, staring straight forward, little like, shut up, like shut up out of her corner of her lips. And then she did a stand and point or stand and yell. Sorry. Was there a point involved? I don't know, but she got up on all four twos. And she said, what'd she say? Shut the heck up. She either did like, a, uh, be quiet. Did she give a dude? I think she did. Like kind of like, I'm a. It didn't work either. So that was your most unique experience? Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It wasn't that unique to you? No. Okay. What was, what was your other movie theater experience? I saw The Assistant. That was my last movie I saw before shutdown. Did you go with your assistant? No, I didn't have an assistant at the time. Was that a- Ask my assistant. Tom, did you have any uh, wild 2021 movie experiences? 2021, no. Or 2020? <laughs> the, the wildest one was we got high and watched the Godzilla movie oh he didn't mention king kong godzilla versus kong and gary was high and the only thing you could think about was how godzilla or how king kong doesn't have a penis he was like <laughs> like really frustrated him does godzilla god no but lizards don't generally have penises poken out but monkeys do hmm. maybe it was buried in all his well fur. first of all uh, he's an ape he's, he's not an a ape. monkey yeah so monkeys have tails king kong is a gorilla i believe all right tom you are in the hot seat have you ever been in the hot seat before no this is actually kind of scary so the hot seat means that chips and i are going to give you some really challenging questions and ding dong tom something's wrong with your ding dong (laughs) when's the last time you have ding have you ever ding dong ditched someone that's not the question but i'm just curious ding ding dong what ding dong ditched have you ever done that or has someone done that to you? What is? What are we talking about? <laughs> Have you ever been ding-dong ditched? I don't know. They don't call it that where we come from. What do they call it? Hit and run? <laughs> Something like that. Wait, knock, when, knock. When you ring the doorbell and you're on away, what's that called? Ding-dong ditch. No. Oh. It's called something else. Where yeah, I don't. Where we come from. <laughs> That's like it's I don't it's not something we've ever done, so I don't know what we would have called it. Pass. Tom. Yeah. Question number one. You are now in the hot seat. Okay. Who plays your parents in the biopic? I've always thought my dad reminded me of um Robert Duvall. Who the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's it he's the non Italian in the Godfather movies. He's um Oh, I looked him up. I know him. Yeah. Uh, but like, 
shorter. Yeah, my dad's five two. So um, <laughs> five like, two. His dad is yeah. small. That's but, the same size as Crane. But he's still kind of scary. He is imposing. Danny DeVito. <laughs> if you take Robert Duvall out at the knees, that's my dad. Um, and then my mom. I don't. My mom is like a a happy, like a generic happy mom. I don't know. Like that's that's a, uh, what's like a like um, Meredith Baxter Bernie from Family Ties. Meredith Baxter Bernie. We are ninety nine percent. What about Francis McDormand? That's not a happy go lucky mom. Yeah, Francis McDormand has way too much edge. My mom is not that. What about the chick from that's uh, Malcolm in the Middle? The mom. No. She's crazy. My mom my mom is like the most easygoing and like just wants like happy. Mrs. Brady. Yeah, a little a little Mrs. Brady. All right. A little Florence Henderson but brunette. That's hot. Question mm-hmm. 2. Which after party do you attend? The Governor's Ball or Vanity Fair? Governor's Ball? <laughs> Well I feel like there might be, like, the the people that I the the actors that I would want to be, like, t- take a take a drink with would be there. Mm. Any fair seems like it's a lot more musicians, and I would be out of my depth with them. Tom, your dreams come true. You get to bring someone on the red carpet with you. Who's your first choice? Your mom. Husband to be Gary or Cran? Honestly, for that, I might take I might take Cran because I feel like she would be the right level of like she'd be the commentary I'd want to hear during that night. Oh my god! But also, I mean, Gary, Gary, I'd have one arm for Cran and one arm for Gary. Oh. My mom would not. Want <laughs> hey, oh, I, if, I get to come. I just, yeah. I just put on the headphones. What if you put them in both in a trench coat together? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Cran would be a great guest to have. All right, what if you got to take your mom, Cran, and Gary apart? Which which parts would you bring and one guest? Kind of. Um, my mom's arms. Oh. She's very strong. Yeah, Cran's arms are all scratched from Woodman. Cran's, Cran's hair and My Gary's hair. Every, Gary's everything else. You wouldn't bring your mom's penis? Ooh. <laughs> I prefer Gary's penis over my mom's penis. My hair. Uh, if you were presenting at the Academy Awards, who would you choose to be your co-presenter? Is it multiple choice, or I guess you get to pick anybody? No, you get to pick anyone. Uh, Tony Collette. No Meryl there. No Meryl. Meryl. Meryl's gonna be given Best Picture. I can't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> She'll I'm be more- nominated. If I already if I had to be on stage presenting an Oscar, and that's the moment I get to meet Meryl Streep, no thank you. Like, like that, I would just shit my pants in front of one billion people. <laughs> of the three, would you prefer to lose your hearing? I can't hear you. At a young age, have crippling dementia in your sixties, or die young and powerful in your bed by the boys in blue? Of the three, would you prefer to lose your hearing at a young age, have crippling dementia in your 60s, or die young and powerful in your bed by the boys in blue? Um, I kind of feel like I already have a little dementia and I don't like it, so I'm going to go with uh, deaf as a kid. Yeah, I feel like that's the right answer. I'd rather die young and powerful by the boys in blue. Because you're like a revolutionary, you know? 
What? <laughs> Good answer, though. I feel like learning sign language would be fun. I should. We should all do it. Yeah, dementia would be hard for sure. The movie theaters open up again. What snacks are you going to get at the concession stand? <laughs> I, I like those like frozen uh, cookie dough ones. What? Like the bonbon? Are they like frozen? The, the frozen ice cream? Oh yeah, the ice cream balls? There's like a little frozen cookie dough thing. I don't buy I don't buy any of them at all. <laughs> I, I I find like if I do anything I'll like stop at a CVS and steal and and bring things in and steal. Steal? You steal stuff at a CVS? You're on air, bud. Yes, I steal and then I bring it into the, the theater. What do you steal? Um <laughs> Yeah, like the, the the only thing that I kind of feel like is worth spending money on that costs a lot of money that you don't is because you don't see it other places. There's these like little uh, cookie dough bites that they have. They're like ice cream. <laughs> Are they frozen? You said they're frozen. No, they're they're in the freezer, but they're not frozen. They're like they're they're called cookie dough bites. No, or something like that. Gross. I would just bring in a tube of cookie dough from that I steal from the CVS. Ooh, steal. <laughs> what else do you steal from CVS? And, uh, and you steal uh, you steal a, a liter of uh, Sprite, and then you pour vodka in. You, you pour half out, and then you pour the vodka into your bottle, and you put it all into your gym bag, and they don't search it. So you just, you bring a gym bag to the movies? Yeah, that's. If, they're not going to search a gym bag. They'll search your backpack, but not a gym bag. Excuse me. You take a two liter of vodka to the movies? Yeah. Two liter? So what? Movie no. Yeah. If I'm gonna go see cats in the movie theater, I'm gonna do it drunk. Cool. Tom, as a self as a self-professed Broadway boy, do you like seeing plays adapted into movies? I don't mind it because a lot of times it's the only way that I get to see them. Follow up. Who would play the octopus teacher on Broadway? Who would play the what? Octopus teacher. Oh, the octopus or the octopus teacher? Oh, wait, the octopus teacher is the octopus. (laughs) Correct. Probably Bernadette Peters. (laughs) Who's Bernadette Peters? He said Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) I mean, it could be Patty Lapone if you want it to just be a belting thing, but I feel like it's going to have a little more nuance, so let's give it to Bernadette. Oh, Bernadette Peters. She looks a lot like that other actress. Fran Drescher. No. um, Mary did. Oh, I like her red curls. I would see Octopus Teacher on Broadway if it starred Frank Drescher. But you think it should be called My Octopi Teacher, don't you? Well, yeah, because there's like eight of them. You really think so? They're, you've been duped this whole time. <laughs> I think I, I think we've been duped by um, your favorite number one movie collective. No, no. Big <laughs> Octopus is... Big Octopus. There's multiple... Like, there was just one that he fell in love with, and gonna come out in five years that the whole thing was a scam you might be right oh chips are you up or oh i'm up oh tom yes mary fudge kelp oscar statue oscar isaac oscar the grouch i feel like there's that's an easy one you you marry oscar isaac because he's hot you kill oscar the grouch <laughs> and then no, you said was it diary for the Oscar? And then you then you, you just sit on that Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. That makes sense.
We don't know if you know this, but Oscar Isaac does not have a penis. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. okay. Or a vagina or a butthole or anything. I'm just and married. If you're if you're just married, is, okay. Do you guys play Mary Fudge Kill where you get to actually have sex with the Mary, or do you only? It's, it's Mary Fudge Kill. <laughs> um, yes. You you no. It's not just sex. It's everything. But so you know, after five years of marriage, his facial features start to dissipate and all of his face uh, uh, blanks out, so he doesn't have eyes, and nose, or mouth, or hair. <laughs> well, what happened to Oscar the Grouch in that situation? Can I marry him then? Yeah, he just hides in his trash can for the rest of your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I remain with my original answers. Okay. <laughs> James is having a hard time spelling butthole. Would you rather be close to Glenn Close's butthole or Glenn's butthole from The Walking Dead? Um, is, is Glenn from The Walking Dead Steven? Yeah. Oh, then yeah, that one. Over Glenn Close? Yeah. There's Glenn Close, and then you're close to Stephen Yen's butthole. Close to Glenn Close's butthole? Yeah, or Glenn. He prefers male butthole. I don't know. He likes Glenn Close. What's he going to do with her butthole? Sorry to answer for you. Same thing I would do to Stephen Yen's butthole. Is there such thing as a glory hole that's a butthole? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Tam. Yes, I'll take you on a tour. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought that was like an original idea. <laughs> Damn it. Anything you want to fuck has been put on the other end of the hole. Mm. Like an octopus teacher. Yeah. Would you prefer hard and old popcorn or hard and old cock? And a poppycock popcorn I, I'm not an ageist you, I can have hard and old cough that's not that's not a problem okay us too how old is too old popcorn that's a good question actually we should have clarified that bad, yeah I, the bad popcorn is bad go with the cock okay and your final question chips what, what is, is your favorite, favorite chips and dip combo, combo? ooh yummy I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of like veggies and hummus. I know that, I know that's really boring, but it's your boring. Or or like a fresh pita and hummus. Same sort of thing. Anything in hummus, like <laughs> I will put about anything. Hummus is my favorite dip. Yes, pita chips and hummus. Huh? Well, that's kind of rude. I'm right here. <laughs> so. The final question of the night before we close is what time will the Oscars end for a doge? Okay. 11:42. I'm going to say 11:03. I feel like it's it's very it's it's high it's more planned this year than ever before. Like Steven Soderbergh's directing it. That's true. I'll say 11:15. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be last. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Have a lovely night. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you so much, Betty. Got a new pool, like Betty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. I just want to, uh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise. I love you, brother. I love you, man.